So we are studying uh, this month, and we're bringing to close today, um, the focus on the theme of the month is life is relationships. And we've been working ourselves inward to outward. The first week we talked about our relationship with this thing called God. When we get that aligned, we next talked about our relationship with ourselves. When we get that aligned, we next talk about our relationship with each other. And then from there, we move out into a relationship with what I'm calling we, the greater um, communities, the greater um, people that we find ourselves in and uh, that we belong to. I want to tell you a story about a man named Paul. Paul nearly lost his life to drugs and alcohol. He lost his family, his wife, and his kids. He lost his job, he lost his home, he lost his sense of self, he lost his hopes, he lost his dreams. He'd been trying to make it better for many years alone. He deeply wanted to be different, but of himself, he seemed unable to make that change. One day, he walked into a 12-step room. Truthfully, not for the recovery, but for the bathroom, coffee, and maybe a couple donuts. (laughs) But while he was there, perhaps it was the grace of God that was in the room. Perhaps it was um, a collective knowing of the people that were there. Perhaps it was something within him that was just ready to surrender. Perhaps it was all of that. But he said that he heard these words that forever changed him. And it simply was, we do not recover alone. We do not recover alone. And for some reason, because of the state of mind he was in, because of the brokenness that he was walking in, when he heard that, he heard the we for the first time. And something shifted within him, and he found himself staying for the meeting, and then he found himself coming back, and slowly he found himself surrendering to a we consciousness. And as he let himself go more and more and more into the we, a miracle started occurring. He started returning to me. He started feeling a sense of self, a wholeness that was always within him, but was so shrouded and covered up by addictions and lies and stories and pain and suffering and shame. As those things started to dissolve, not because of anything of his doing, but because of the we consciousness of the program that he kept giving himself over to. And it wasn't easy. It was not easy to surrender the me to the we. But this beloved being had no option. It was do or die. Some of us in this room know that do or die situation where you had no choice but to let a greater we have its way with you. Some of you know the feeling of the grace of that consciousness that slowly took over and sometimes quickly lifted you up into a sense of wholeness and a healing. I often find myself, me being one of those people, I find myself wondering, how is it that someone doesn't hit bottom and taste the dirt? How do they surrender to that being? Because the ego is very, very tough. 
It's very strong. And as long as it thinks it can do it alone, you know it will. Right, right. You know as long as it has a little voice inside you says, I can figure this out. I can do this. I can make this happen. As long as there an I can make this happen, we are separated from a we consciousness. Not that you have to all hit ground and taste dirt. I don't wish that for you, unless that is your path. Then hurry up. And do, do not waste time. I do believe that the collective consciousness of those who have gone before us, I do believe there is something really possible today. We can surrender to the we by the vision of it pulling us. Yes, we have our little pains that give us the push along the way. But we don't need to all bottom out today in order to finally surrender to the weak. Unfortunately, that is often how it occurs. But let us hold that this kind of spiritual community is what can lift all of us so that grace can, can cause within us and for us a greater good, a greater good to appear without having to suffer more. But let me share a few more suffering stories. Just. <laughs> because they're so dramatic. <laughs> Someone sitting amongst you right now who shall remain nameless, possibly. <laughs> found themselves in jail. Said to me that it was the people of Bodhi that sent this person books and letters and visited them. And there's one person who wrote in the letter, you are on an amazing journey. And those words lifted this person up out of their shame, out of their self-recrimination, out of all of the story. Talk about a marginalized way of being in the world. Go to jail, see what that feels like. But the love of Bodhi, the love of the we that included this person caused a healing. A lifting up to where, where the world says those are the outcasts, those are the ones that need to be put away so that we are safe. In a spiritual community such as this, we say, ah, now that's an amazing journey. <laughs> that's an amazing journey. And indeed it is, and indeed it was. Right now, there is a we happening in this community. And it's called Prosperity Boot Camp. And that collective group that said yes to that journey is moving through and facing their own fears and their own demons of lack and limitation. They are rising up, not individually, but collectively as a group, as, as a class, although they're two separate classes, the consciousness is one. And they are ready. They have said, I will not be run by the lie of lack and limitation any longer. I will not let... I will not let fear keep me from my good, and I will not keep shrinking and playing less than. And so they signed up for a we experience. Now, I know the class. I've, I've taken the class and taught the class, and many of us have. 
in this room. So we know very often that when the fear comes in, because what happens is when we place ourselves in a higher vibration of consciousness, when we place ourselves into a higher idea, what's the first thing that occurs? Well, the first thing that occurs is joy. The second thing that occurs is, oh my God, is it really this bad? Is it really this bad? Give yourself a drop of love and watch everything. Watch it drink it up and rise up. So when we say yes to a higher idea, we say yes to it in the we, so that when we really have with a magnifying glass, when we really see, wow, now I see why I have been poor. Now I see why I have been choosing suffering. Now I see why I have been avoiding this. Because it hurts. But it's the we that lifts us all up. You see, in the we, and this is the good news, people, in the we, you actually kind of get to do less work. I, I don't mean to let you off the hook, but, but in a way, let me say it this way, because I don't want you all thinking you don't have to do your homework. That's not where I'm going. <laughs> in the we, the consciousness, the collective consciousness is working for you on subtle levels that you are unaware. You are working on A, B, and C. The collective consciousness is taking care of D through Z for you. So although A, B, and C look so scary, and there's, oh my God, this is so bad, this is so bad, this is so bad, you have no clue what D through Z is, my friends. But the collective consciousness is working on those subtle levels, saving you the grace of spirit is finding its way down those back alleys and through those roads in ways that you do not know and you don't need to know. That's the gift. That is the gift of spiritual community. And then there are the stories that I think of, some of my most favorite expressions of we that I've seen here, is when our beloved Richard Allison or Michael Hosley laid down their bodies and as a community, we came together to grieve, to love, to support the family, to feel it, to hold each other, and to love them yes. as they moved into their next expression of life. Yes. And we know they're dancing on the other side, having a ball. I know that they're here now in consciousness, loving that their names are being mentioned. <laughs> but I also know that the gift that they brought one of the primary gifts that they brought was that they caused we to occur. They caused us to come together. And in their, if I may say, suffering, their letting go, their transition, we became expanded. We became more loving. We cared for each other more. We felt together in a deeper way. So, what I know to be true is that you, in your current incarnation, in your consciousness, when you come and step into the we, bringing all of yourself, the brokenness, the parts that you judge and push aside and think, oh, I can't show anybody that, when you allow that to come forward, it becomes a gift. It becomes the very thing that turns, uh, that, that, that churns something deep within all of us. It happens all the time in classes. 
when someone shares, when someone begins, I'm so ashamed to share this. Inside, I'm like, yes. <laughs> but I go, oh, it's okay, sweetie. <laughs> because what I know is that they're going to step forward into their, into um, a vulnerable space. They're going to step out of their comfort zone. And when they do, I sit there and I watch the whole class become one. It just occurs. And the ego's so funny because as soon as they're done shit, like, I'm sorry, I'm better than they're doing all this. And the whole class is like this. They're just freedom. Truth has been told. As Keith read, honesty is a key component to a healthy spiritual community. And honesty occurs one person at a time. The me surrendering to the we, trusting something greater than myself, allows me to bring something forward. Something that I think is broken and I don't want to talk about becomes the very thing that becomes the, the uh, throughway for my spiritual awakening. Yes. And it's not only mine. How often are you sitting in a room when someone shares a story and you're like, oh my God, that's my story. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was the only one who did that. I thought I was the only one who fought that. I thought I was the only one who had a past like that. And yet when you hear someone's story across the room in the consciousness of grace, healing occurs in so many ways. One of my most favorite quotes and I'll minute, I'm almost everyone has heard this from the Bible. For where two or more are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Wherever two or more are gathered in my name. Now I want to take that in two meanings. In my name. The word name metaphysically means nature. Wherever two or more are gathered in my nature. The nature of the uh, master teacher of the evolved being, Jesus Christ, who said this. The essence of this being is wholeness, grace, unconditional love, beauty, acceptance. That is the nature of this being who is saying this. When you meet in the essence of unconditional love, of joy, of freedom, of grace... When you meet in the name of that, there I am. Now, I'm going to say it on two levels. One is anytime a great being, an avatar, a teacher offers themselves up in that way, you literally can use that name. You can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Buddha, in the name of Allah, in the name of Krishna, in the name of Yogananda, in the name of whatever saint or sage or goddess. In the name of their, in their nature, may this be done. You may use the name because the name itself, the, the, the name that is placed upon them as they took on a physical incarnation, that name carries a vibration to it. Now, religions and groups took those names and hung them on the cross and beat people up with them and made people feel guilty and used it in the world of duality in a way that most of us go, I am not saying that name ever again. <laughs> right? And it was the best choice. It was the best choice. Use it as a weapon or don't use it at all. So not using it all, yay for us. And I'm not saying you have to use it, but I am welcoming 
the idea, and I invite you to consider that sometimes welcoming the consciousness and the name, the actual name of a being of light, can that in that you can have the two or more gather. When you are alone, when you need the support, you can call upon the name of a being that is love. And the reason that you can call upon and be transformed by it is because in your essence you are one with it. It's not like you're going, hey you, come over here and help me. And the deepest of your being, hey you, I resonate with you. And my truth, I am that love. I am that freedom. I am that unconditional presence, that eternal life. I am that. And we align with that. We bring that forward when we speak the name. Now, that's one way. The other way is to simply know that you can call upon the essence and the qualities themselves. You can call upon unconditional love, freedom, joy, great words. Those words, too, have encoded within them the essence, the vibration of what they are. So when you call upon them, they work. When you call upon them where two or more are gathered, woo, you go to the exponential level. You multiply it by ten. Yes, yes. Suddenly calling upon that which is greater in prayer partnership with two or more. Yes. Now you're playing a big game. Now you are allowing yourself to surrender to the we. And what you're saying is, the situation that got me into this prayer is what got me here. But when you're praying in two or more in the nature of a greater being of the essence of love, you are really saying at a deeper level, have your way with me. Have your way with me. It is possible to live your life in my name. It is possible. Today, it is possible for you, unlike generations before, where only a few got the gift. Only a few got the golden ticket. Now, there's lots of golden tickets. <laughs> and you get one. And this doesn't mean that you walk through life perfectly, not making any mistakes. It doesn't mean that the mind isn't going to get crazy-making on you and go, take you down there and go, woo! that's arrived. It doesn't mean that fear isn't going to creep in. It doesn't mean that, see, that's, a, that's a, a way that we keep our spirituality away from us. We make up a story that we have to be different. We make up a story that when I'm awake, I will no longer, uh, fear will not have me, I will not have crazy thoughts. And that is not the truth. The truth is, when you're awake, crazy thoughts come. You go, oh, that's a crazy thought. <laughs> that's a crazy thought. But suddenly you're not connected to it, and you don't define yourself by it, so you're freer to out it. Yes. The gift is you quickly move to, you know what I'm thinking? Yeah. I want to share this because I want to be free of this, or whatever. Whatever spiritual tool you use in the moment. One of the greatest spiritual gifts we have is spiritual community where two or more are gathered in this idea of God, of self, of love, whatever word, source, whatever word you want to use. When two or more are gathered in that, you become multiplied. Not only do you become multiplied, but life does get easier. That's the paradox. The we makes your life better. 
things will work. You will have more time. Solutions will be faster. It's the exact opposite of what we think, or me, in my I, I don't have enough time, I've got too much to do, there's no way I can participate, there's no way I can, we've got all these pushing, 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 pushing. But the truth of the matter is, when we give ourselves to a we, somehow when we're used for good, when our energy is uplifted through sacred service, wherever you're doing that, in your schools, in your church, in your center, wherever you're making, wherever you're making a difference, allowing yourself to be a part of a greater we, you become better. And it's, I don't want to use better, it's just the word that I don't want to, you know, you are all that is and it's good, yeah. And you get to experience more of it. It starts to work for you. And the only way you can know that is to prove it in your life. It's the same story. We say, when it comes to finances, if you're fear and crippled and contracted, give a little bit. Give a penny. Do something to get it flowing. When you're constricted in relationships, give a little love. Do something that causes you to move forward. When you're constricted in time and not enough, you got to find a little bit to give. you got to give yourself to a we consciousness. You have to lose yourself. Margaret Mead says, never underestimate the power of a few committed people to change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. The only thing that has ever Change the world is a the power of a few committed people. As we're beginning to move into our new home, getting very close, I'm very conscious that there is a new we that is being birthed. That we, in fact, we will be spending the next month releasing our old selves, our old we's. So that this new birth, this new rebirth of ourselves has a wide open space and a, a clean palette upon which we can be reborn into our greater self. And I'm very certain, very certain for our greater good, for our health, for the growth of our community, for the depth of our community, and for the world itself, we must step into service. We must find ways to give this away. The 12 steps, again, to go back to that, really gets it. Because they say you cannot keep what you do not give away. That's just, that is a law. That is a spiritual law. You cannot keep what you do not share. You can't. If you hoard anything, it will rot. And that, therefore, this community must, must, for us to continue to grow inwardly. In, in our depth, in our commitment to God, we must begin sharing. Sharing from our place of wholeness. Sharing from God meeting God. Sharing from not fixing anything or, or making anybody out there wrong, but sharing because as we, as we serve, we see the holiness in those and they become the very gift. And, it, and I know many of you have served um, and you walk away going, oh my God. That was for me. I think I helped them. Are you kidding me? They helped me. They helped me remember that I'm one. They helped me remember the gifts 
to help me remember the blessings. In sharing ourselves, we become more. And dare I say, we've become a little stunted over the last couple years. And I think that, and that's okay, I've got no judgment about it, but I think part of the, the unstuckness, <laughs> um, we, we got to get out there. We just have to begin sharing ourselves. And so we're in prayer about that. We're, we're open, and I invite you to step into prayer around what that means for you, for us. It doesn't mean all of us run out on the street, but there's a percentage of us that that will feed your soul, and you will represent <laughs> You'll do a part that becomes a blessing unto this community. You see, someone needs your prayer. Someone needs your prayer, and it's time for you to wake up to the truth that you are chosen. You are the chosen one. Now, that part of you that just can be like, well, now me, I, you don't understand. I was raised in this suburb, and you don't understand. All that stuff. <laughs> I almost did a Berwin joke, but I'm not from there. So See? I love Berwin. I know where it is. Whatever our story is, whatever our story is, it's a lie. You are the chosen one. You have been chosen to be a blessing unto the world. The way that you bless, which is shocking to you, is you simply reveal yourself. You bring yourself forward in your honesty, in your vulnerability, in your truth. You make yourself available. And then something takes over. And suddenly you're telling a story. Well, I don't know why I'm telling this story. But that story becomes a story that the other person needs to hear. Suddenly, you're, you're working alongside someone that is the perfect person to be standing next to because they have a gift for you. You are chosen. And I want you to breathe that in and allow that, not in an arrogant way, that that causes humility. That that causes you to be humble, to literally uh, kneel down at the feet of unconditional love and say, I am willing. If you have chosen me, then I am willing. The gifts of being chosen are more than we can miss. The, the, the joy that you will experience, the realization of how little you really need in this material world. The psychic healing that will occur when you allow yourself to stop being in your littleness, hidden in your condo with the doors closed, watching HGTV again. <laughs> like, I don't have enough time. <laughs> House Crashers is my favorite. <laughs> When we will step out of the story into this beautiful week. And this is a beautiful week. This is a beautiful week. And it is beautiful because of you. So I have an invitation for you as we're moving. 
I want you to be moving inside. I want you to be moving into greater membership, greater belonging. I want you with all my heart to shift out of coming when it feels good for you. I'll just call it straight out. We need you. And sometimes you come for us. When you wake up thinking, when that's occurring for you, perhaps you can go deeper and go, I'm a part of this vibration. I contribute to it. I am chosen to be a part of this consciousness. And when I'm not there, it's missing a little bit. You're that special. You're that important. You are chosen to be a part. If not this, something, something, there's a place where you matter. Now, I believe and know you matter here. You matter. And that's something we have to keep embracing, keep allowing. You matter. And when you're not here, it matters. It matters. Can you breathe that in, not as obligation? Can you breathe that in as no shooting, just as an invitation that will move your spiritual life forward? The we, the we moves all of us forward. You get the gifts. This is honestly for you. It is for you to belong. It is for you to surrender to the we. Again, someone, someone needs your prayer. Someone needs your story. Someone needs your very vibration. Because when they feel it, when they sense it, when they hear it, when they see it, they begin to heal. Isn't that beautiful? That's important. And it's true. It's very true. Big deep breath. Oh, that's a good breath. <laughs> that's a good one. Good. That's good. That's good. Let's turn with it. Let's contemplate.